0: The Athletic. Hello, I'm Dan Bardell. Welcome to another jam-packed edition of 1874, The Athletic's podcast all about Aston Villa Football Club. we won't have any late late breaking stories this week but it might be nice to see another signing or two so let's not be too precious because we all like to see people come through the door joining me as always to break down the weekly Villa news is the athletics club correspondent greg evans morning greg good morning dan it's been a busy week hasn't it but an enjoyable one i think yeah but you can't wait for the transfer window to be over to be fair but do you get excited about it or do you just can't wait for it to be done because of, of the nature of your work I think it's a
1: little bit of both, really. I quite enjoy it because, you know, it's really exciting, isn't it? And I think transfers have taken a whole know, a whole world of their own, haven't they, now? And it's something that I think it's the most exciting um, type of story to put together. And I certainly think supporters in, enjoy these stories the most, um, you know, because it's something new and something fresh. But yeah, look, when August 31st comes, I think I can put my feet up a little bit and <laughs> have a well-earned break because Villa have been very, very active.
0: Yeah, I mean, you... For getting transfers, you have you have other stuff to do, don't you? Obviously, you have other stories to do. You interviewed Elmo earlier on in the week. That was out on Tuesday, I think it was. Really enjoyed it. Nice to hear from someone who was who was at the club recently. How was he? He was brilliant, actually.
1: Yeah. Look, when when Elmo was at Villa, I, I always liked him as a person. He was always very friendly, um, and found a little bit of time to always just say hello and and, and you know engage in some small talk with me. Um, but one thing he was never really keen on when when he was at Villa was doing interviews. So when I sort of pitched to him that I, that I wanted to do a, a more of a longer interview with him, um, you know, now he's left Villa and, and without a club, I, I didn't really expect him to um, to to be that interested. But he was he was fantastic. You know, I had a couple of hours with him. Uh, went through pretty much all his all of his Villa career, sort of his highlights. Um, what, what also <clears throat> struck me was how much he loved it at villa i mean you'll have to read the story for those who who haven't um to get a full flavor of uh, you know of, of how much he did love villa but yeah you know he, he absolutely loved it he's doing really well for himself now um hoping to get another club at some point in in the coming days uh yeah and, and still feels he is not finished yet because he's only 33 years old so a little bit left in the bank i think
0: I was going to say, a lot of people up to, to leave Villa and then they do just end up retiring. I think there's been a, a ton recently. Hutton, Whelan, Yedinak, Gabba. you know, people finish up Villa. I don't think Neil Taylor's got a club yet either, either, has he? So, you know, people. a lot of people do leave Villa and, and just finish. I don't know if it's because they, they love Villa so much and they don't want to play anywhere else after that. But do you know what I mean? There seems to there's, there's be a lot that don't do anything. Yeah, I think it's probably quite difficult as well. You, you know, you've got such a great setup at Villa. Uh, the
1: facilities are obviously amazing. Obviously Body Heath has been completely redeveloped now as well. So they're even they're even more outstanding than, than what we previously known, you know, before COVID and stuff. Um and Villa Pay really well. So all of those players that you mentioned were on very, very high salaries, uh, won't be able to get those salaries elsewhere. Um so they're probably thinking, well, do I want to do it? Do I want to drop down a division, maybe two divisions, um significantly reduced pay? And, and and carry on playing like that. Plus, they're all pretty old, aren't they, it's for footballers?
0: Yeah, they're all younger than me, though, unfortunately. <laughs> have you have you got anything else coming up?
1: Yes, got a couple of interviews uh, lined up for the, the next couple of weeks, which should be really exciting. And obviously, the season starts, so <laughs> it's all back to that, isn't it?
0: Now that is exciting and going to the football again. I absolutely cannot wait for that. And if you cannot wait to read Greg's Elmo piece and all the other stuff he does, you can subscribe to The Athletic before the start of the new Premier League season on the 13th of August. If you do that at the moment, you'll get a 33% discount. So that's a third off the regular price. All you've got to do is go to athletic.com slash Villapod before Saturday and you can get that offer. That's theathletic.com slash Villapod. Right then, Greg, we finished recording last week and I think now we've had six days and 23 hours to get our heads around the fact that Danny Ings ended up at Aston Villa Football Club. One of those annoying things when you're doing podcasts that you literally spend 40 minutes an hour doing a podcast and something happens straight after you finish. But a signing a bit out of the blue, one you did know about, kind of touched on it in the podcast but couldn't name names, but an exciting signing nonetheless.
1: Yeah, yeah, really exciting. Um, It's funny that it's uh, just a week ago, isn't it, that that we did that that, that last podcast and and I hinted on there that that Villa were after a striker. Yes, we we did know about Danny Ings, but as uh, all good, good journalists... Will will do. They need to check their sources and make sure they got the correct information. Um, Villa rushed the announcement. They, they they put it out because they were trying, to, uh, still trying to appease a fan base that, that that knew was going to turn at some point because they were losing Jack Grealish. So um, yeah, it was it was a surprise to many, not to us at the Athletic, but um, a great signing for, for Aston Villa. And yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him in action because I think. What will please Dean Smith the most now is that he's got so many options up front now in, in those attacking areas. Um, he can pair Ings with Watkins when when, when the two of them are fit. Um, and the two of them will, will obviously pose a really uh, big goal threat. And just if it's not working during a game, maybe if one of them starts, it would be good to bring another one off the bench. So... And of course, Dan Yings is proven at this level, isn't he? We've seen over the years, especially in the last three seasons, um, how many goals he can score in the Premier League. So, yeah, really excited to see
0: him. Yeah, I would say after Harry Kane, he's probably the most ice-cold striker in front of goal in the Premier League. Would you go along with that?
1: Um, Yeah, possibly, yeah.
0: There's he's cl- a clinical
1: finisher. Yeah, I mean, look, look, there's a couple, isn't there? You know, Lukaku's obviously coming back. I think he's a great finisher too. Um, yeah, <laughs> you stumped me a little bit on that one, trying to think of the other strikers, <laughs> but look, you know he look, he's a great striker, I think I've seen him a f- quite a few times at villa park as well, and he he always seems to score the doesn't he so um that that's that can only be a good thing, but yeah really, we're just really excited dan to see him to see him in action.
0: Yeah, obviously the the news that Jack was leaving was very very bad news. Can't try and dress it up any other way at all. But you know the club going and signing two top quality players on that day will go some way to making the way did go some way to making things feel a lot better. And I think the club deserve a lot of, of credit for the for the way they acted. Do you see them operating as a pairings and Watkins because they did on Sunday in the in the friendly? But not many teams play four four two. Do you see? It? I
1: see it certainly happening at various stages of the season. I I don't think it will be something that Smith uses perhaps as as his first, um, you know, as as his most regular starting attacking combination. Um, I think what Villa have got now is a lot of options up there. Whereas when Grealish was a part of the attack, everything done, as as you know, went through Grealish, didn't it? And then potentially, and, and then kind of Watkins tried to finish it off. What I think you'll see now with Favilla is with Buendia in, with Bailey in, um, with possible, possibly Bidace coming on, um, and, and obviously Chuck Wemker as well. Annings a- um, offering offering more support for Watkins. I think you'll just see a variety of different formations and systems used. I don't think it will be that rigid four three three, which Smith has used so often. Um, and I don't think, for example, Bailey will play every game at right wing. You know, there might be times where he plays on the left um, and, and mixes it up. You know, El is there as well. We, we often forget really that El Ghazi's chipped in with quite a few important goals over the years um, and will still be a threat this season. So there's just so many different varieties and I think, the reason that Villa have done that, the reason that they've recruited like that, is because Smith wants to become a little bit more unpredictable in games. I think he's probably seen um, how other clubs can can mix up their formations and and um, and change things quite quickly. Villa, it always felt, I think we, we were talking on, like last year on podcasts, it always felt when you looked at Villa's bench last season, there wasn't really much there, was there? No. Didn't really feel like there was a striker that could come on and get you those goals that he needs um, or an attacking player to come on and make a real difference. I think Villa will have that now. Um, and I think the, the front five or six players... That they've got plus Bertrand Traoré as I was well. Say, who, you you, you expect know, him is, to get better second season. Yeah, he, he totally that. You know, a second season in the Premier League, he he will will probably step up a bit as well. Um, and, and let's not forget, I had a good goals return last year. So th- those six or seven players will make Real- Villa really unpredictable at times, and they can just mix it up.
0: Also, when they do play as a pairings and Watkins, they're both very good finishers. Both got good goal-scoring records in the Premier League last season. But it's it's depressing and the and the work rate. Right? Defenses will not like playing against that. will they? that's a it's a horrible front two to play against. I would
1: say. Yeah, it is. And look, you know, I watch Southampton quite a lot, and and, and Ings used to drop a little deeper, didn't he? When when they played the two of them, him and Adams. Um, I think what I think Ings will love playing with Ollie Watkins because he'll do a lot of his hard yards as well, um, and Ings will won't have to be as aggressive in in the press as, as maybe he has been in recent um, times. But look, he, he's well drilled in in that type of system because that's how Southampton wanted to play. Um, and yeah, I can just see him getting so many chances. You know, I think Villa will be will be really will be really fun to watch this season. The, the one thing that Smith was disappointed about last season was that he felt that the ball broke down far too often in the final third when Jack Grealish wasn't on the pitch. I think that was one of the reasons why they specifically targeted Bailey because his ball-carrying qualities are not quite in, not quite as good as, as Grealish because he's it, it, slightly different, but it doesn't give the ball away. As often as say Treore and El Ghazi and Trezeguet, so that should be an upgrade. Villa will be able to keep the ball for longer, perhaps dominate possession for longer, um, and and stay in those attacking areas for longer. And and I think Smith felt that they'd done a lot right defensively last year. Yeah, okay, they relied a little bit on Martinez at times, but you know the, the back four deserved a lot of credit. So he felt the way for Villa to progress was to get better in possession in the final third. And hopefully with the players on board now, Villa will see that.
0: You talk about Villa getting better in possession. I'm not going to press you for names or transfer stories or anything like that. But would you say they need another central midfielder in there to to enable that even further?
1: I think yes. I think we both agree, don't we? We, we, We've said this time and time again now that a, a, a tall, commanding central midfielder is what Villa are missing, really. They need that. Is Marvellous Nakamba good enough to take Villa into the, the top seven or eight teams in the division, that are a place where they want to be? Is Douglas Louise reliable enough? For me, he loses his head a little bit too often. <laughs> if you could get a little bit of a mix of both of them, you've got You'll something there, I think. Yeah. You'll be absolutely laughing. And then, And then let's not forget, although I've not been very kind to him in the performances that he's played, there is Morgan Sanson who could potentially be a wild card for Villa this season, and 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 come in and, and do quite well. Let's wait and see on that. But it's my understanding that Smith definitely wants a, a holding midfielder. Whether he gets one this window. Remains to be seen. Um, you know, Villa bid 25 million pounds for James Ward-Prowse. I believe they were they were willing to go a little bit higher as well. Um, but it just it just doesn't feel like they're going to get that deal done. Southampton just aren't interested in selling. Um, they've already lost Danny Ings to to Villa, obviously, and they're trying to rebuild their uh, themselves. They've, they've brought Adam Adam Armstrong from um, Blackburn and uh, recruited Broja from uh, Chelsea. So. Yeah, you know, they're trying to rebuild themselves and they don't want to lose their
2: captain. Hello, I'm Mark Chapman. This is what we've got planned for you across the Athletic Podcast Network this season. The Ornstein and Chapman Podcast has been rebranded as the Athletic Football Podcast. We'll release four episodes across the week, as our journalists bring you the very best insight into the biggest stories in football and the business of sport michael cox will continue to bring you the smartest analysis of all the big games in the athletic football tactics podcast adam hurry will now host two episodes of the football cliches podcast every single week with his usual take on the game there's a brand new athletic fpl podcast with our fantasy football expert the FPL General give you all the advice you need to stay ahead of your mates and top of the FPL rankings. And the Athletic Podcast Network is also home now to host of club-specific shows, some of which are going to be releasing multiple episodes every week. And we're now your destination, don't forget, for the Totally Football Show with James Richardson and the Totally Football League Show. And that is it. We can't fit any more in. All you've got to do is search for The Athletic in your podcast provider of choice or go to our podcast section on The Athletic app. Not surprisingly, with all of the stuff that I've just mentioned, The Athletic is now the world's biggest football podcast network.
0: Since the last show as well, I mean, we did speak about it heavily on the last podcast, but it looks like Grealish was going for all the world at that point and he has ended up going. Any of your thoughts changed at all?
1: No, I think I kind of made all my thoughts clear on... On Jack Grealish in the last podcast, really. I think it's a great move for him. I can totally understand why he, why he went. Um, I can also understand why some Villa supporters are frustrated because they've just lost their best player. They've lost one of their own. Um, but I think the the services that he provided for this football club um, were were exceptional. You know, he dragged that club out of the rubble on so many occasions. If it wasn't for him, Villa wouldn't have been promoted. They wouldn't have had the 10-game uh, unbeaten run. They wouldn't have stayed up in the first Premier League season and they probably wouldn't have finished mid-table last season without him. And for a boy who'd been there for 19, almost 20 years, he's made them £100 million full profit. So absolutely no concerns over FFP at any time soon. Um, and it's now all down to Villa to, to, to reinvest that money wisely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprisingly at peace with it and have been for a week or two i've i've accepted it for, for what it is he's getting a little bit of abuse in some quarters especially on social media but then i mean everyone gets abuse on on social media so there's nothing new there but it's it's probably the the bit that's a little bit fair i would say would be some of the quotes f- from last summer but would you say that that's that's more pr from the club rather than him just just the my club my city stuff and then he obviously ends up joining another city do do you get the villa fans angst with that
1: a little bit i think that the difference these nowadays is that everything's just in your face isn't it every club wants to promote their good news as much as possible so if we take the 2000 if we take the summer of 2020 Aston Villa's good news, or Aston Villa's fantastic news, was that Jack Grealish was staying and that he'd signed a new contract. So the club will go above and beyond and do everything possible to to try and promote their good news. Now, if you look at the summer of 2021, Manchester City's good news is they've signed Jack Grealish for a record signing £100 million. So he's going to be in your face everywhere. Everywhere on Man City's social media, he's going to be there. Everywhere on Man City's website, he's going to be there. He's going to be on, on all the news channels, in all the newspapers. He's going to be in your face. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. And that's what's going to eventually grind on Villa fans because they want. Because he's, he's a Villa boy, isn't he? Look, let's be honest, you know, it, it still feels weird seeing him in, in, in um, Sky Blue because we're so used to seeing him in Clariton Blue. But going back to his quotes, I think. What I was trying to say last year was that um, when I came under a little bit of criticism from, from Villa fans when he didn't go, um, uh, and the, the the criticism aimed at me often was that I was trying to sell Jack Grealish. Uh, no, I wasn't. I don't work in recruitment. I've got absolutely no influence or pull on, on <laughs> where players move. But he wanted to play for a Champions League club and has done for a few years. So if there was a bid last summer, he would have gone then, I, I presume. You know unless unless the owners uh, uh, would have blocked it but if there was a serious bid he would have wanted to go then as well so yeah the the comments um are are understandably frustrating from from villa supporters um I can I can get that I just think when you sign a new deal like that what else do you say
0: no I I guess it's just modern football, isn't it? A contract yeah. does not mean as much as it used to. It used to be if someone signed a four or five year contract, that you know they're staying for four or five years. But now it kind of is done for different reasons. I, I guess it protected Villa in a, in a lot of ways because they wouldn't have got a hundred million for him if he hadn't signed a new contract. Because would he? would have been at the point of two years left on his contract now, wouldn't he? And yeah. Villa would have been a little bit vulnerable to get to getting a, a lesser fee, certainly. So. Contracts are signed for, for all kinds of reasons now, but I'm look at Fab, look at Fabian Delph again, my club. We we think he's signing a contract for for four years, and then six months later, he's going to Manchester City for eight million. So you know Villa, I think that's the other thing. Villa fans have been burnt by, by stuff like that before, so it's it's still a little bit raw. I suppose
1: suppose you you know you do do you question the club for for allowing the one hundred million pound release clause put in there? I mean, what why didn't they make it a little bit more?
0: I mean, I've not really spoke about this anywhere else. I genuinely think I think at the time, twelve months ago, a hundred million would have seemed our oh, Villa are getting getting good money there. You know that's uh, he's, he's a, that's above market value. But such is the twelve months he's had, I think it's probably surprised everyone a little bit. You know that there there were teams willing to pay hundred million. I think if you'd have asked Villa twelve months ago, in a year, is someone going to be willing to pay a hundred million for Jack Grealish? I think they'd have probably been quite confident that that clause wouldn't have been met. But such is the nature of greelish mania around the country now. You know, Man City. Man City have paid it, and they're probably not too fussed about paying it. He's the he's become the, the nation's sweetheart, hasn't he? And Manchester City is wanted, wanting to be the biggest club in the country. They want the nation's sweetheart playing for them. It's good, it's good PR for them. Again, they they haven't just signed in for football reasons. You can see at the moment with stupid peaky blinder posts on. On Twitter, you know, they've signed in because he's very, very marketable. Oh, look, the, the commercial value of him is, you know, exceptional as well. He's the, he's the poster boy for...
1: He was the poster boy for Villa, wasn't he? Everybody was talking about him doing the uh, the Euros for England. So, yeah, look, you know, he's going to get them... Uh, uh, earn them a lot of money on the commercial side as well. But, yeah, it's just interesting from, from Villa side of things, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a very clever move from from his agents putting putting the £100 million release clause in there, Um I agree with you totally. If we'd have asked twelve asked twelve months ago, could I have seen any team paying a hundred million pound for him? I don't think so. No, um, I couldn't have. But look, you know, Tot- Tottenham are now holding a um, Tottenham are now able to dig their feet in, dig their heels in a little bit more because Harry Kane hasn't got a release clause, and Man City want to sign him as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Harry Kane's going to end up staying, isn't he? I don't, I don't see him making his way to Manchester City the, the way the summer's going so far. Now, when I read your, your deep dive into into the Grealish, the, into the Grealish moves, the way, the, the way it all happened, there's aspects I, I wasn't aware of there is that the release clause had an expirer. Mm. That was a bit frustrating that we didn't get, we didn't get to that. <laughs> we nearly got there, didn't we? We nearly got there.
1: Yeah, so it's our understanding that that the release clause was due to expire one month after his last game for club or country. Uh, so yeah, look, Villa knew. Villa obviously were well aware of, of those details. Um, it, it was August the seventh, I think, that it was going to expire. Um, a couple of days after after Man City eventually. Um, got the move through the clause was also confidential as well so City or any other club wouldn't have known about it you know the fact that they bid £100 million for him must have meant that, that that's what they, they valued him at um, and perhaps that's why com- conversations went on a little bit longer because Villa were were, were maybe trying to get more out of Man City um, but 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 didn't get it, and, and eventually the 100 million pound move went through. But yeah, look, these release clauses are confidential in in, in the UK. It's, it's a little bit different in Spain and other countries because we we hear about the clauses, don't we? We know that that, that various players have got them, but um, in the UK they're 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 much more private.
0: I get what you're saying, and I'm not, I'm not expecting you to reveal anything because you probably don't know anything anyway. But there's absolutely no chance in this earth that Man City just happened to bid. 100 million pounds conversations must happen behind closed doors there's absolutely no chance they just came in with the exact amount of money but I'll let you keep quiet on that one one thing that did happen before it was announced that Greedish left Villa wanted to get their ducks in a row they'd obviously signed Danny Ings and Leon Bailey on that day but they took the unusual step of going live with the CEO on, on Villa TV I know many of you listening will have heard this already you may have even watched it live as it went out but let's quickly catch up with what he said
4: here it is Good evening I wanted to speak directly to our supporters to confirm the transfer of our captain Jack Grealish to Manchester City and to explain the background to this move Last summer Following interest from a number of clubs, we offered Jack a new contract to stay at the club, which he accepted with one proviso. Jack wanted to be certain that if at any point a Champions League club came in for him and Aston Villa was not in that competition, that we would not stand in his way. After a brilliant season for Jack, culminating in his performances at the Euros, a number of clubs expressed interest in signing him. Manchester City notified us that they would be willing to pay the 100 million pounds it would take to trigger this clause. After many hours of discussions involving Jack, his family and his agent, during which we made clear our strong desire for him to stay at Aston Villa, Jack finally decided that he would like to go to City and instructed us to exercise his release clause, as was his prerogative. It was a highly emotional moment when he finally told me his decision, leaving me in no doubt how hard it had been for him to decide to leave our club which he joined when he was six years old. Our strategy was to analyse and break down Jack's key attributes, his creativity, his assists, his goals, and to find these qualities and others in three forward players. In signing, Emiliano Buendia, Leon Bailey and Danny Ings, we believe we have achieved this key objective and in doing so have also reduced an over dependency on one brilliant footballer. As we now near the start of the season, Dean and his coaching staff, our players and the board are all looking forward to seeing our new team with enthusiasm, with excitement and with confidence. On behalf of Nasef, Wes and myself, we really look forward to seeing you all back at Villa Park on August the 21st. And thank you for your fantastic support.
0: So there you go then. That was a slightly shortened version of Christian Perslow's statement. I've got to say, Greg. It was a step I really, really liked. It really put Villa fans' minds at ease. It explained everything very eloquently. I think Villa executed that statement very, very well. And Christian Perslow spoke to the Villa fans before Manchester City could announce that they were signing Jack Grealish. It's a smart move. Yeah, when I first started to watch watch it, I was cringing a little bit. I felt
1: very much like... It was a Boris Johnson-like statement, especially as... Well, Villa... as bad as Boris, Quick, <laughs> It was the way Villa give it the big sell. You know, they were using the words addressing the fan base. And it just had the same feel as those COVID updates when, when Boris used to address the nation. But as it progressed anyway, I thought, look, you know, this is a smart move. Villa have been very quiet during the whole Grealish saga, hadn't they? And and supporters wanted to know what was happening. So, look, the Athletic were all over the transfer, as as those who read the article the following day would have known. Um, And and I was hinting in the last podcast how how complex the negotiations had become. Um, But, yeah, I think it was warming that that Christian Perslow was able to to do that video after and, and Villa fans were able to understand a little bit more. Yeah, it was a very smart move.
0: I mean, there was times in the previous owners, I'm not convinced Villa would have been capable of getting a live stream out to their fan base as, as well. So that's, that's reassuring that they seem to have the technical side <laughs> down under under this regime. I just, as a Villa fan, i i I liked it. I thought it, it did the job. I thought it explained a lot of things perfectly. I thought I thought it protected the club quite well as well. It, it explained things that perhaps the, the fans didn't know. It kind of I think maybe if anyone had been annoyed about the release clause and the way Jack had left, I think it probably appeased them a little bit from a club perspective. Yeah, I think so. Perhaps perhaps
1: they would have known that uh, reports coming out in the days ahead would would explain some of it anyway. And and they wanted to get in first and and, and just try to to put their side of it across. Um, I think it's good PR, yeah. You know, the supporters... Haven't really heard too much from Christian Perslow. He, he's somebody who, who who largely keeps himself to himself and and out of the media spotlight. So, um, it, look, it, it, it's wise and, and smart move and a smart move to come and um, speak out in in such a high profile uh, case. Because I mean, look, you know, we, we we often just take it as as Jack Grealish leaving Villa to move to Manchester City, but the actual level of the deal, it was the biggest transfer. British transfer fee ever. I mean, it was such a huge deal. We, we we often overlook that, don't we? Because of the, just we just look at it as Grealish leaving Aston Villa. But it was such a huge deal. So I think that's why Perslow would have felt, um, you know, right to come out and talk about it.
0: What I like is, is that a lot of fans of other clubs who perhaps aren't as well run as Villa are coming out. And there's almost like the jealousy about the way Villa conduct their business. You know, they've lost their best player. Best player. For a hundred million pounds, so he's obviously going to be a massive miss in the team. But you know, fans of other teams will be speaking about Villa on social media into their pals and and saying they're envious of the way Villa are run. Look at the, look at the transparency as well. Look at the way they're operating, and and that's such a such a strong suit to have.
1: I think transparency is possibly the wrong word, just because we don't hear very much from from them. No, but um, in that instance, they we got. I think everything. in in that situation, yeah, I think look, you know, they 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 try to be open as they could once they knew the deal was definitely going through but I think you know, villa villa are very keep their business very much to themselves I don't think they let on um, so I wouldn't say they're a transparent club I mean um, in that case
0: I mean sure, sure 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 yeah.
1: sure and and, and, I, and I think you're right when you say a lot of supporters will look at villa and uh, be envious of the way they do their business because um, they're, they're extremely well run at the moment and the, you know the onus means serious serious business and this this grealish exit will not be it, yeah it's a bump in the road but it's not the the signaling of the surrender you know that they are going to kick on again they've reinvested the money some of it already um the, the, the spending spree won't stop it in transfer windows ahead because they remain very ambitious um and and the grand plan doesn't change you know Yes, it's going to be difficult to break into those top seven or eight positions next season, um, but ultimately, in in the next couple of years, that's what's that is what Villa's aim is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot of Premier League previews and stuff on the podcast that I do, and I've got Villa down as seventh, and people who are not a non-Villa were kind of kind of agreeing with with what I was saying, which I, which I thought was encouraging.
1: Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, I mean, if if you were to say to me now, we yeah, have Villa finished seventh, I. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I probably think they will be more around the ninth, 10th position, but they could easily go 5th, 6th, 7th, couldn't they?
0: Yeah. Just give me a cup. I don't, I don't mind where really we're finishing <laughs> the league. I just want a cup. A cup gets you into Europe anyway. Let's see it's win something. <laughs> That's what I'm absolutely desperate to say. I like to think we've had a kind of a... Cause we've been to Wembley a lot recently as Villa fans, with varying degrees of success. But I like to think we had a year off this year because the fans weren't going to be in the stadium. So hopefully we'll be back to our annual trip to Wembley this year and our fans are back in the stadium. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human and customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com
2: credit card.
3: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
0: And the Villa fans will be back in the stadium on Saturday, Greg, at Vicarage Road. Bit of a trip into the unknown playing a newly promoted side, although if I'm being perfectly honest, out of the three... Watford would be the one that I'd pick just to go down or stay it's up no to play oh to play sorry. Out yeah, rather than Brentford or Norwich who I feel, have got a, I feel like they're a bit more organised in what they're doing at the moment
1: yeah I mean look just going off track a little bit it'd be nice for the three promoted teams to all stay up this season and then maybe some of the, the more established clubs to, to drop down I mean I, I don't know why I say that but I just I like the underdog coming up I, I know Watford have been up and down a little bit and, and so, have, so have Norwich but I've got a lot of got a lot of time for Norwich, even though they lose a lot of their key players. They always seem to reinvest quite well, and I like their plan. So, it'll be good to see them stay up. But um, yeah, as you say, Watford very just an unusual one. You don't really know what to expect. They've got so many players on board. <laughs> I remember doing my did my fantasy football team this week and just having a look through some of the strikers I wanted. I needed a. Low-priced striker, and I think Watford had about eight strikers on on that game, and I just thought they signed a
0: couple. Wow,
1: you know, surely all these ain't not going to feature. Um, so yeah, it'd be look, it'd be really interesting to see how they get on. Whether you know Dennis comes in and, and has a a good season. Looks like he could be a decent player. Um, I've got memories, obviously, the last time he went to to Vicarage Road, Deaney, Deaney scoring those couple of goals and winding up the Villa fans and yeah it's not been a happy hunting ground actually that place in 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 recent years so it will be great for the Villa fans to be back I'm really looking forward to those away days again um probably my favourite part of the job the the away days I like jumping on the train down when we go down south and mixing up with the fans and Coming back when they're all very drunk, that's uh, often a challenge, sometimes enjoyable. Other times, not as much when I'm busy working. (laughs) But look, football's been really boring without fans
0: for for 18 months. So I'm all for it. I can't wait. Yeah, quite interesting that Villa's last piece of action really in pre-season was Ashley Young scoring that well-worked team goal, former Watford player. That That kind of leads us quite nicely into the game, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we always go at the athletic. I always go into to the game with a, with a with a plan in mind of what I want to do. Um, often that changes depending on the game. You know, if something big happens or if something, um, you know, there's a really big talking point. That's what we'll write about, but. My initial thoughts going into that game is why not write about Ashley Young if he features because Watford tried to re-sign him. He's going against his old club. Um, it's the first competitive game back for Villa. I wouldn't be surprised if he started, you know. Mm, where? i just got a feeling he might. Just On got the just wing? Just got a feeling. Yeah. i got a feeling he might, but I mean, look, let's see. Maybe he goes without Ghazi and, and goes for a bit more youthful pace, but um, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: No, I do not I do not. you mean. I said that initially, but then I just look at the team that played on, on Sunday and think you usually think on the last pre season friendly they're trying to operate somewhat in a manner that's leading to what they're going to do in the first game, and he, he didn't play. So that would be my only only concern with that. It's, it's great having him back and great to have that ex- level of experience as well because he is the most experienced and senior player in that squad by an absolute mile.
1: Yeah, and I think he just he brings competition to so many different positions, doesn't it? So you'll keep like lots of different players really you know on their toes.
0: So yeah, good signing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great to be back. Are you going Dan? I am. Yes. Well. Yeah. At the time of recording, it seems like I am going. So hopefully <laughs> nothing, 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 nothing falls through, and that and, and that does happen. That would be good to see you down there then. Yeah, yeah. Don says you're driving there, but we'll get we we'll don't need to get into that now in the podcast. Right, Greg. I think that does us for this iteration of eighteen seventy-four. Please do get in touch with us. Subscribers can use the real-time section of the Athletic website or app, and we're both on Twitter as well. I'm at Dan Bardell on Twitter. I've got absolutely no idea what you are, Greg. So hopefully you're going to tell me.
1: Uh, at Greg Evans four zero. I'm a no. bloody. I'm, I'm catching Classic. up on that age. I remember when I actually <laughs> set that, and I thought there's no way I'll ever get to forty, but you know, we'll just slowly getting there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you'll be there before you know it trust me uh not that i made that sound like i am 40 and i'm not <laughs> yeah. at all of the, I'm, i am 36 though, so yeah the 40th not too far away from me and we are going to bring back the top three section that'll be back next week so if you've got any ideas or any top threes that you'd like us to do remember we've already done away day so you know I've got fingers crossed for Reading away in the Carabao Cup draw tonight that would be a great one to, to get us back in the groove I can see Greg there nodding in agreement with what I'm saying and don't forget as well you can subscribe to The Athletic now for 33% off you can do that just before the start of the Premier League season so you've got to get it done before Friday all you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash pod and you'll be able to take up that offer Greg thanks ever so much for joining me. Always good to talk to you. Cheers Dan. Take care mate. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in as well. Don't forget give us some top three ideas on social media. Enjoy the rest of your week up the villa.
2: athletic.